This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, By Heart created a clinically proven, easy-to-digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Our blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum, along with broken down, partially hydrolyzed proteins. By Heart is an easy-to-digest formula. In addition to its patented protein blend, our formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. By Heart is the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50-plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. We're still catching up on questions. Today, I have two more great questions. The first on dealing with a two-year-old who is hitting mom. As we're seeing, hitting among toddlers is a very common issue. So I'll tackle this hitting question first. The second question is about a toddler who is a very picky eater. Mom had hoped he would grow out of it, but that doesn't seem to be happening. So she's wondering, what she can do to expand his palate. Now, our first question is from Erin B. And she says, Hi, Erin. I recently discovered your podcasts and have been listening any chance I get. Thank you so much for all the valuable information. I'm seeking help for my almost two-year-old's behavior. Just in the last couple months, he has started to hit, scratch, pull my hair, throw toys at me, and sometimes even bite me. He only does this to me. I'm a stay-at-home mom, so we have lots of time together. He has never done it to another child, my husband, or anyone else. I was originally trying timeouts, which weren't working, until I heard your podcast directing away from timeouts. I have since been trying to put an emotion with his behavior. You are feeling frustrated. You are feeling angry. You are tired, etc. I have also been trying to say, I'm not going to allow you to hit me and get up and walk away. I have tried saying you can touch me nicely like this and showing him how to touch nicely. I have tried saying we do not hit. Here, let's play to distract him. I have also tried letting him know 
that it has really hurt me by doing whatever it is he's doing to me. I feel like nothing I'm saying is right or working and nothing I'm doing is helping. What should I be saying or doing? And what do I say or do if he continues to do the behavior? Thank you for your help, Aaron B. So Aaron, as you know, hitting is a very common way of dealing with frustrations around the ages of 18 months through around three years of age. However, you also already know from listening to the podcast that this isn't behavior that we want to allow. So while it's normal, we do want to curb it every single time. And I'm glad to hear that you've moved away from the timeouts because you're right, they don't work in motivating kids to behave better. Now, the reason your son is probably doing this with you and not with anyone else is that, believe it or not, he feels more connected to you. I mean, I know you understand that he's deeply connected to you, but the behavior comes from a place of feeling comfortable with you. He's able to let himself go completely when he's with you, to feel his emotions deeply, and so he reacts out of frustration and anger with hitting or biting, etc. He doesn't hold back with you like he might with someone he's not as connected to or comfortable with. Now, in a way, it's a compliment, but one, we want to help him work to show his emotions in a way that doesn't hurt other people, and in this case, you. So a couple of things you are doing are actually very good, such as labeling his emotions for him. I can see that you're very frustrated, or I could see that you're feeling very angry or tired right now, but it's not okay to hit me, just like you were doing. And then, just like you were doing, coach him and let him know that hitting hurts. All right, I'm going to stop with that for now and walk through that a little bit, and then I'll come back to it. So again, what you want to do, label his emotion along with the cause if it's obvious. I can see that you're feeling frustrated because you want to keep playing and it's time to clean up. So you are doing a lot of the right things. I just think you weren't giving it enough time to work. So keep in mind that he's not even two yet. So these things are going to take some time to get in. So stick with the coaching him on the emotions and letting him know that hitting hurts, helping him share his feelings with words. Then you can also let him know that if it does happen a second time, that you'll have to go and do something else for a few minutes because you don't like being hit or bit or kicked or scratched. And that is perfectly acceptable and fair, right? And it teaches an important lesson. No one will stay around and play if they're not being treated nicely. So then if it happens a second time, you can give the reminder. I can see you are frustrated, but it's not okay to hit. I'm going to give you a couple minutes to calm down. I will be back and we can try again. No, this is not out of anger or punishment or to try to make kids think about what they did. It's just because it's not fun to get hurt and he needs a few minutes to calm down. When you get back, you can continue on with your play. Also, during the times of calm and relaxation, you can also discuss different emotions and play emotion games, which I covered in last week's episode, so you can go back and listen to that, get the handouts that you can download off of that episode page. Also, reading books about emotions and the book Hands Are Not For Hitting during these quiet times is actually when these lessons are most likely to take the stronger hold. And I just wanna remind you to just be patient with him. So continue with these steps every time it happens, Label his emotions if you know why, describe why, and let him know that hitting hurts. And if he does it again, you're going to get up and walk away for a few minutes and then come back and try again. Give this some time, a couple weeks to a month. He's really, really young, not even two yet. It's going to take him some time to learn to stop in that moment instead of hitting and to say, I'm angry. And as soon as you start to hear him say those words, I'm angry or I'm frustrated, 
then you know that these lessons are starting to take hold and that's that first step. But that will take a little bit of time. Then as he gets further down the road, he gets better at these, what the next steps would look like, whether it's for you, Aaron, or other parents out there who are seeing this behavior, aren't really sure what to do. You can then coach the kids on better ways to let you know that they're frustrated. You help them find a better way of dealing with this frustration, such as using their words. So coaching him to say things like, I want to keep playing. I don't want to clean up now. Now, just so we have realistic expectations in order, this is a lot to expect of a two-year-old, even two and a half. Two and a half to three, they might start to get it. So for anyone out there who's got a two and a half, three, three and a half, these are good skills to work on. They're going to take some time. But if you start coaching now and helping them work towards this, they'll pick it up earlier and be better with the skills at a younger age. So it's always good to practice. Now, for kids out there, they can start using their words for their emotions, and then they can work towards sharing why as they're getting the hang of it. As they're getting the hang of sharing their emotions, then they can start to share why. I'm frustrated because, I'm angry because, I'm sad because. Then these kids are well on their way of developing emotional competence at a young age. And as the skills develop, you and your child can have a conversation about the source of the frustration. So at two, two and a half, almost any conversation is not going to satisfy a child's desire to play or eat a cookie before dinner or leave the park or whatever issue they're currently facing. But as you're coaching through the process, it will develop more and more. If you get to an impasse where you're explaining to your child that we need to clean up because we need to go to the grocery store to get food for dinner and the child just doesn't care because the child wants to play then you've worked on helping with the emotions, you've worked on coaching, how to communicate together about your needs, but when the rubber hits the road, the need to go get food for dinner, of course, outweighs a child's desire to stay and play, and kids will learn that life isn't always going to go their way. Now, the other piece of this I haven't talked about yet is doing whatever we can to work on circumventing frustrations in the first place. And Erin, I know this isn't really part of your question, but I wanted to add this in for you or any other parents who are dealing with a lot or too many meltdowns or tantrums. So if we can help alleviate some frustration in the first place, it makes everyone's life easier. Obviously, life is full of frustration. The blocks are going to fall over. The answer is always no to junk food before dinner, etc. But when we can, we want to work on setting ourselves up for success. So for instance, let's say a child is getting upset because it's time to leave the park and he's not ready. Now the best way to circumvent that situation would be to give a warning, like a five minute warning. And many times that can be enough to circumvent the frustration in the first place. So warnings for dinner, warnings for leaving the park, warnings for leaving a friend's house. Any of these transitions where the kids are really engrossed and having a good time, it helps them get their mind ready for that transition into another activity and so many times can circumvent having any kind of tantrum or meltdown in the first place. Another tip is to get kids engaged in a process. An example of this is grocery shopping. Getting kids engaged will keep them from getting bored, asking for too many things, or running amok. So having your child help you find things on your list and letting them pick them out or asking their opinions. We need five apples. Let me know when you see the apples. Oh, great, you found the apples. Can you help me count five? Does this apple look good? Do you see any spots? Great, thanks for your help. So in these instances, getting kids engaged in the process can really help eliminate meltdowns and tantrums in a lot of these situations. 
A couple of classes that I recommend for anyone who wants any additional information, the temper tantrums class teaches a lot about helping kids learn to share their emotions appropriately, how to recognize them and then share them appropriately. And then also the communication tools class goes into depth on coaching, as well as creating effective communication from parent to child and helping coach a child to also communicate back effectively. And these classes can be found on the website at yourvillageonline.com. And both of those classes can be found under the discipline tab at the top. The next question is about working with kids to expand their food choices. As an adult and a mom of a son, both with ADHD, I know navigating the expectations of life with ADHD can be a challenge, but finding the right care and proper tools needed to succeed can be life-changing. With the right resources, you can turn your ADHD into your superpower. Done is an online ADHD care platform that can get you all the resources you need to help manage your ADHD, online visits, refills, and a 24-7 care team made for you. Starting to take care of your ADHD is as easy as one, taking a one-minute free assessment to see if Done can help, two, booking an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as today or tomorrow, Three, start receiving ongoing care, enjoy online visits, personalized treatment plan, worry-free refills, and 24-7 care. Take a free one-minute assessment and book an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as the next day. Get continuous care, insurance coverage, and 24-7 care team support with Done for just $79 a month and pharmacy co-pays as low as $0. Unlock your path to better focus now at Get dot donefirst.com slash podcast. Done. Turn your ADHD into your strength. These later years of childhood have been flying by. As a mom, I want to not just be available to my kids during these last years they have at home, but I want to feel good and have the energy I need to keep up with their schedule and my own. So my health is a top priority. Equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and body back into harmony. You're not alone on your wellness journey. Every customer gets one-on-one support to help you meet your goals. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. A healthy gut positively impacts immunity, mental health, sleep, digestion, and skin health. It helps regulate digestion, immunity against bad bacteria, and improve nutrient absorption. The gut has been called the second brain because it contains more than 100 million nerve cells. It is a vitally important piece to our overall health, both physical and mental. So to make sure my gut is working at its potential, I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense to improve my digestion and nutrition absorption, boost my overall immune health, and help with sleep and stress as a bonus. Head to myeq.com and use code PARENTING for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code PARENTING at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Now, on to our next question from Naomi. Hi, I really love your podcast and figured if anyone could help, it would be you. I'm having trouble with my three and a half year old's eating habits. I always thought he would just grow out of not wanting to try new foods, 
He will not eat anything unknown and refuses vegetables altogether. I have helped create these bad habits by catering to him and letting him pick his food. I have listened to your podcast and many others about how it's my job to pick the food and his job to eat. Whenever I put a vegetable or something uncomfortable to him on his plate, he melts down and refuses to eat anything on the plate. I know I give in to him too easily. Any help would be appreciated. So Naomi, I do see this issue crop up a lot, so you're not alone. Parents often think or hope is probably a better word that pickiness is a stage that their child will outgrow. Unfortunately, this is very rarely the case. And if anything, it actually tends to become more entrenched. Now, the good news is that three and a half is still a really good age to get this turned around. There are several developmental stages around food where the window opens for experimentation and also closes to trying new things. And the window for experimentation is around six to 12 months. Now, I know you're way past that, but for any parents with babies in that age range, Give your infants lots of different flavors and textures. Add herbs and mild spices. I love the book Cooking for Baby by Lisa Barnes. She has great recipes by age group, 6 to 9 months, 9 to 12, 12 to 18, etc. Ways to introduce flavors, textures, and herbs and spices into foods. Now, during this age range, around 6 to 12 months, babies will put almost anything in their mouths. They are very exploratory, so take advantage of this. After this age, you will start to see most toddlers get more picky. It's called neophobia, and it's most likely a survival mechanism that developed because babies who are mobile and put something poisonous in their mouths may not survive. So once they hit that mobile stage, they tend to get more finicky about what goes into their mouths. So Naomi, I'm going to cover several different tips that directly relate to the issue you're having. And then I want to touch very specifically on your issue about him not eating anything if he has a vegetable on the plate. So first, no short order cooking. Make the meal and offer it. Now, Naomi, you've said that you already understand this and know this, but the rule here, again, is that parents are in charge of what's offered. Kids are in charge of what and how much they eat. Don't force them to try anything or micromanage. Now, micromanage means you don't want to say, eat one more bite of this and then you can have that. If you know they love mac and cheese but not broccoli, you have a couple options. Either don't serve those together because you know they will eat all the mac and cheese and no broccoli, or you can put the broccoli in the mac and cheese. They can pick it out. Now, I know for you, Naomi, this may not work because of how picky he's gotten about vegetables, so I'll get to that in a second. But the thing is that if the vegetable is there, they're getting exposure to it. Now, research shows that kids sometimes need upwards of 16 to 20 times of being exposed to a food before they will really open up to trying it, especially if these habits have become very entrenched. The other thing is you want to detach yourself from the outcome. Now, I've told this story before about my youngest son who went through a phase around three or three and a half where he didn't want to try anything new every single night and Naomi this may help you every single night I would put dinner down and automatically out of his mouth I don't like this and I said okay well that's dinner you don't have to eat it but you need to stay at the table and visit us until we are finished he would look at it sideways he'd look at me to see if I were watching I could never make it obvious I could never push or encourage or that would be the end of it but if I let him go ate my dinner chatted with the kids, helped the other kids cut up their food, anything but show that I was at all interested in his eating process, soon he would pull the plate a little closer, move it around with his fork, poke at it, take a small little bite, 
Nine times out of 10, he loved it and would eat it all and ask for more. Now, sometimes he didn't like it and that was okay. Today, he is the healthiest eater of all my kids. He loves all fruit and most vegetables and will pick them over almost anything else. He even picks fruit over sweets many times. He's actually a better eater than I am. Some other things you can do is take kids grocery shopping with you. Let them pick things out. Let them pick things that you may not even like or normally eat, but don't share your biases. Just get them and see. My kids love artichokes. They always bug me to buy them. It's not something that was part of our repertoire before the kids. To me, they feel a little high maintenance to cook. Unlike other vegetables, I can just throw in the steamer or serve raw, but they love them. So they are now part of our diet. Our youngest son, the one who would say, I don't like this, loves beets. He piles his plate full of them. I think they taste like dirt, but he doesn't know what I think and he doesn't need to. Another thing, take your kids to a farm to show them where food comes from and let them pick berries or apples or whatever's in season. Naomi, this might be a good thing to try with your son. Take him berry picking or apple picking or to find some vegetables, maybe some snap peas or carrots at the farm or start your own garden. Have him pick them out of your own garden. I know you can't do that tomorrow. That takes some time, but these ways make this food exciting and interesting and may help him drop that defense mechanism about fruits and vegetables, particularly vegetables is what you shared. Okay, put veggies or fruit in everything. I mean everything. Marinara sauce, mushrooms, onions, bell peppers, scrambled eggs, same thing. Blueberries and pancakes or waffles. The list goes on. Get them in there. They may pick them out at first, but eventually they will try some of the veggies. Two of my kids love grilled onions because we put them in a lot of things and now they'll just eat them by themselves. Don't give up. Don't get upset. Just keep presenting them. A lot of times what happens is that kids learn that food is power, that if they refuse foods, they get power. They get mom or dad to beg, plead, bargain. That is exciting. That is power. Soon it becomes about the exchange of power dynamic, and it's not about the food at all. That's why I said earlier to detach yourself from the outcome. You can't force anyone to try or like anything. So as soon as you can let go of that and know that you are offering a really healthy meal and that with some time they will try and even like many of the things you offer, know they won't go hungry. If they only eat a few bites for dinner, they won't starve. I know it's hard and it may mean a bit of power struggle at bedtime if they're hungry, but dinner is dinner and sticking to that will fix the problems. With kids getting too picky, it'll fix it fairly quickly. If you can think of it as a lifelong gift to your kids of enjoying healthy foods and of being open to trying new things, then dealing with one or two evenings of keeping that boundary are definitely worth it. If you have a picky eater or are wanting to learn more about how to support healthy eating habits, you can see the classes either feeding and mealtimes for infants and toddlers or healthy eating preschool and beyond on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the development and health tab. If you have a question about healthy eating, hitting, or anything else about parenting or child development, please send them to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.